Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Tuesday, May 4th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got the pros and cons for why the Biden administration should stick with or ditch Republicans when it comes to infrastructure reform. Number two, we're going to go inside the Biden administration's efforts to sell the American jobs plan. And number three, the House Republican names floating around to potentially replace Liz Cheney as the number three in leadership. All right, Jake. Let's dive into this number one story. We've been going back and forth for at least the last several weeks about should they, should they not uh, go big in terms of Democrats going it alone, or is it time for them to try to strike a note of bipartisanship, uh, which is not just finding Americans in the country that support this infrastructure package, but actually finding some members in the uh, U.S. Capitol who are willing to support it. Where, where do you land? Yeah, so we um, we took both sides. We're speaking out of both sides of our mouth this morning, Anna. We took two positions, uh, two divergent and opposite positions. Number one, why Democrats should ditch Republicans and go big. And number two, why Democrats should not ditch Republicans and go small. <laughs> so I like it. Having our cake and eating it, too, this morning. It's perfect. Yeah, you know, if we, we're out of the prediction game, so we might as well take every position possible and argue both of them and leave people wondering why why or how we, uh, uh, how we think things are going to happen and and why okay so listen we're gonna go through these quickly i don't want to get hung up too much on this but let's uh go back and forth here anna so number one on why dems should ditch republicans progressives are finally happy you know they're remaking america for the first time in a hundred years and that's a big deal yep uh number two reason why they should ditch republicans History tells us that the Democrats are going to lose this House majority in 2022. It's Nancy Pelosi's last swan song as speaker. Uh, if not now, when? I think there's that. that's a uh, an old uh, fable saying thing. If not now, when? Um, <laughs> number, th- number three, they're actually really fall apart, far apart. Uh, not fall apart. Fall apart's not a word. They are far apart. Uh, d- Republicans are calling for $600 billion in hard infrastructure. Dems are at $900 billion. Dems want to raise taxes. Re- taxes Republican won't raise t- Republicans won't raise taxes. So, like, uh, I don't know where the deal really is. Number four, Anna, go ahead. Yeah, I'll say four and five. Democrats have been spending the last several weeks telling anybody who will listen that this plan is popular, and they are actually right on that one. Uh, and the fifth thing is it's the right thing to do from their perspective. The Americans' job plan and American family plan are what they call, quote-unquote, transformative, once-in-a-generation initiatives. All right, so why should they go bipartisan? Why should they say, you know what, we aren't just going to go it alone, Jake? Because this is no way to run a railroad. Uh, slamming by slamming partisan bills down the throat of Congress, you know, ramming them through is not how um, how you know it's not how the institution is designed. It's designed for two parties. This could certainly help insulate Democratic moderates who are up in 2022 and beyond. If they do find a deal, they aren't going to get tagged with the kind of they're so liberal. You need to have a Republican in office to try to moderate uh, the Democratic Party. All right. Now I'm going to make the opposite argument I just made a minute ago, which is actually they're not so far, far apart. (laughs) If both sides kind of meet each other in the middle, they can get a deal because they believe uh in infrastructure, this is not like, you know, a program that they don't believe that that one side doesn't believe in. They both believe this needs to get done. 
And the argument that Republicans make all the time, which is Biden would rather do it this way. He fancies himself as a deal maker at heart. He wants to have, you know, himself as the negotiator in the Oval Office with the big four making deals. This is really how he would prefer to govern. Um, and number five, uh, there are bipartisan coalitions ready to do this, right? Like we have the middle of the Senate, the middle of the House, majority of the House, I would say. I'd say, actually, now that I think of it, there's probably 300 plus members of the House, if not more, that want an infrastructure deal in some way, shape or form. So it could happen. Let's, you know, uh, now that we've made every side of the argument, we've covered ourselves in every way. And we possible, can never Anna. be wrong. It's we, so great. <laughs> we could get we've guaranteed that we're right because we've taken every side. All right, let's move on to the number two story this morning. The Biden administration is continuing its all out pressure campaign to sell the American jobs and family plan. I think, you know, you and I get asked all the time on television, certainly when we speak uh, virtually around the country, what's the biggest difference between the Biden administration and the Trump administration? And I think this is one pretty good example of that. Yeah, so the Biden administration is making a concerted effort um, to to push this me- the economic message. So Biden started out. It's amazing. This is like uh, I'm not sure they're going to get this done, get anything done, infrastructure, anything. But they are um, making a concerted effort to talk about the economy nonstop. Right? Biden went to Virginia. Kamala Harris is going to Milwaukee. Biden's going to Louisiana Thursday. They know what he's going to talk about. It's not going to be a riff on, you know, some other some of his political enemies. I'm not even sure he has any political enemies. Uh, And then the administration, people like Heather Boucher, Jared Bernstein are going to be on TV talking about the economy, selling their programs. So this is pretty, pretty like standard stuff for an administration that's looking to to push an agenda, not, you know, all over the place um, uh, madness like we've seen the last four years. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the day. We have talked so much uh, on this podcast about Liz Cheney, her feuding with the Republican Party, her feuding with Donald Trump. Things are kind of coming to a head, it appears. We don't know when. We don't know exactly how it's going to happen. But I don't think it would be surprising to either of us if uh, somebody moves in the House Republican Conference for a vote and she could potentially get ousted for leadership. But that conversation has changed a little bit from just kind of just talking about that to actually a lot more behind the scenes thinking about well, who would actually they replace if Liz Cheney does get ousted? What happens? Yeah, so we have a bunch of names in here. Should we just run down the names, Anna? These yeah, are I mean, a lot actually, of names. I think like the interesting thing before we talk about that, because I think some of these names a lot of people might not even know. But is the what concept do you mean? that people don't people don't follow the House of Representatives like it's you know like it's their life? They won't. They don't know random rank and file members. <laughs> They're not you and me. So I think the thing that's interesting for people to just know is the the idea that one, there's a lot of speculation. You know, uh, Representative Jim Banks is a guy who has been kind of making a lot of moves, but it is in all likelihood going to be another woman. Liz Cheney is the only woman in Republican leadership right now in the House. 
Yeah, and and the party can't have two, three white men uh, in their leadership. They just, I mean, they can, and they probably would elect a white man, but um, th- they don't feel like they could, and they feel like they need a woman at the top of the party. That's absolutely true. Um, I, I, true meaning everybody that I've spoken to thinks that. So a couple names that people would know. Elise Stefanik, she, she would win this thing in a walk. Um and uh, another name that people might know, Nancy Mace of South Carolina, who won the Char- Charleston-based seat from Joe Cunningham um, in in 2020. Uh, but, you know, please look at punchbowl.news, subscribe to kind of get a better sense of who we see as the as the big um, uh, kind of leading can- uh, candidates for this if Liz Cheney were to be ousted. All right. And before we let you go, just a reminder that this morning at 1130, Jake and I are going to be kicking off a Punchbowl News pop-up virtual conversation. Uh, We are going to be speaking this morning with Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg uh, about all things infrastructure, everything we were just talking about in terms of their effort to sell this plan, what it could look like. Is there a compromise uh, that both sides could be happy with? You can go to punchbowl.news and to our events page to sign up and to also see the live stream of that. And with that, thanks so much for listening. Hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.